Welcome to Fuji Love. This is the show that is all about the Fujifilm X-Series and GFX cameras, but more importantly, it's about the photographers who love to use them. I'm Mark Sadowski, and this show is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, whether it's news, interviews, and so much more, head on over to fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And now, on with the show. It's it's painful. I, I you know it's been one whole year of doing this. And, yeah, uh, I've I've built a house before. I've done renovations before, so it's not my first time doing this. But it has been such a challenge that it's it's just sucked the life out of me. It, it's it's just you know it, it's a nightmare. I'm not going to lie. But when I'm in there and I'm and I'm enjoying the space, it. it you know, then I don't regret it. It's it feels fantastic, and I feel lucky that I've got such a beautiful thing. Yeah. But when I'm not there, and I'm just spending all day running around picking up lumber and and <laughs> basically being a general contractor, um, it, it is it's stressful and it's expensive and it's. I don't want to start this podcast complaining about stuff, but it's my own fault. No, no, no. Like, I might throw this in the middle or or, or something. Oh yeah, but I mean, it's it's you know the. Everything I'm whinging about now, it's all of my own doing. I, I chose to do this. Um, so I've got nobody but myself <laughs> to, to blame, you know. But, yeah, it's, there are days when I wish that I'd never taken on this endeavor, you know. But then there's days when I just sit next to that wood stove with the fire burning and I just I just breathe this massive sigh and think, yeah, this is this is fantastic. And every time anyone comes in, the first thing everybody always says is, wow. You know, so it's got that wow factor, but um, it, it comes at a huge cost of not just money, but you know your time, you know, and your energy. Yes, uh, and and the thing the thing is, like, it really, um, you know, doing my job, my, well, trying to do my job, being a professional landscape photographer and uh, running a YouTube channel full time, it just there's just no time left to do my actual day job, you know. So it it's definitely impacted my business to to take on this project, and um, yeah, I'm, one thing that I can't wait for when it's finished or not not finished but livable, and we can kind of like ease off the pedal a little bit. I just I get my life back, I get yeah. my career back, I get my passion back. I can get out there and and travel the world, and uh, you know, follow my pursuit and, and love for photography, and and then I'll be. Then I'll be happy, and then it won't it won't seem like such an ordeal because we can chip away at things over the years, fix yep. things, put a kitchen in, all that kind of stuff. But right now, we just want something livable, just so that we can get in, and then the 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 pressure is off, and we get our lives back. Totally hear you there. And then, I mean, you you've already done wonders to the, to the house. So, like, once you get to that point, oh man, you're you're gonna have you're gonna live the dream there. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we should we should explain to people who don't know what we're talking about. It what I've taken on this project that I, that I took on, and um, so what I decided to do was was buy a church, an old hundred year old church in no rural Nova Scotia. It's the middle of nowhere. 
you moved from Vancouver Island to Nova Scotia. Yeah. Completely across the country in Canada. Yeah. yeah. And it and it was sight unseen. We'd never been to Nova Scotia. We'd never seen this church. I just bought it like an idiot. <laughs> what what was all right? So th- that I mean, talk about a leap of faith. Um no pun intended. Um uh, <laughs> What was that driving force to 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 buy a church? Is that something that you've always wanted? Well, I, d- I do remember there was a time in the nineties when uh, when I was looking to buy a house when I was a very young man, and believe it or not, you could buy in nineteen ninety eight. You could buy a historic, probably two to four hundred year old, maybe even older, stone church with. Beautiful uh, stained glass windows for about eighty thousand pounds, and I remember looking at one, and at that time there was just no way I could afford eighty thousand pounds. Yeah, uh, the first house I ended up buying was thirty nine thousand pounds, and you you just couldn't you couldn't even get a, a vehicle for that kind of money these days. Um, but but back then I I was kind of. Uh, struck by this interest in historic buildings and you know and the, the idea of just restoring or, or converting something like that into a residence and having a studio in there and just being able to to just use such a beautiful space so i guess that was kind of in the back of my mind but i mean really the driving force was uh living in nanaimo on vancouver island i was paying about thirty five thousand dollars a year in rent and I just I got to the stage where after doing that for so many years, I was just I just thought this is stupid, you know. Yeah. Uh, people think that YouTubers make uh, millions and millions of dollars, and I'm sure there are quite a lot that do. But they've probably got 10 million subscribers, and they've been doing it longer, and and their videos get ridiculous views. I, I'm one of the small YouTubers that <laughs> you know mm-hmm. I, I don't make anywhere near that kind of money, and so for me to sort of just. Um, not have a, a plan for the future uh, with prices going up. I just thought I'm, I'm going to have to get into the housing market soon because I just can't keep paying this really, really high rent. I mean, we, we had a nice place that we were living in. I'm not, I'm not saying it was not worth it, but it just, you know, over a few years, it, it starts to add up. So we started looking at, well, where can we buy property? And we quickly realized it wasn't going to be BC because it's, it's, Probably the most expensive in Canada. Yeah, I mean, especially, and you're this. This is right after COVID as well. So, like, the housing market has what was started to go ridiculous levels. Yeah, well, I, I was stupid. So there was just this. I don't know, maybe two or three month lull in the real estate market when nothing was happening. You know, just after they declared the pandemic. It was almost as if, you know, everyone switched everything off. Well, we did. That's what we did, which I think was a very huge mistake. But anyway, the the housing Who could have seen it coming, though? Yeah. yeah. Well, my prediction was as soon as I thought, as soon as the, the pandemic hit, I thought you'd have to be stupid to buy a house right now. Who knows? You know, with all this uncertainty and how wrong I could have been because within... Once that sort of two to three month sort of panic had eroded, people started then panicking the opposite direction and buying. So so for two or three months, nothing was happening. No one was buying houses. And then all of a sudden, everyone was buying 
houses. And so I, sh- I should have bought something in that little gap there. Maybe then I could have afforded to stay in BC. But once that that um, that mania kicked in, it, it you had situations where people were selling crack shacks that they couldn't sell any other time. And they were selling them for, well, they, they were accepting bids. And yeah. they were selling them as, as is, where is, with no guarantee, no, no inspections, no nothing. And and people were paying this stupid money. And after a while, we just, you know, we got kind of caught up in that a little bit. And it's it's a blessing that we didn't win any of these bids that we put on because there's no way we could have afforded <laughs> those mortgages. So then we started looking, okay, well, where else can we go? And so then we started looking at the interior of BC or Alberta. But the problem with that is, is the wildfires are, are such a concern. Yeah. So then we thought, well, let's look at, Eastern Canada, and and let's look coastal. You know, where can we go where there's lots of beautiful scenery? I can in, indulge my love of landscape photography, and we can perhaps maybe just afford to 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 get a leg up and just just begin. You know, in this housing market, and so Nova Scotia quickly. You know, I spent months um, looking on online, looking putting offers on houses. I try. It, it was a full time job, really. Yeah. Um, and and I I also spent months researching photography locations so that I knew I would have a long list of places to go to, and so and so Nova Scotia really started to look like a contender, especially when you consider all I've got to do is drive to the north the north town of uh, Sydney in Nova Scotia, and I can get the ferry to Newfoundland, which I still haven't done yet, but I'm going <laughs> to hopefully do it this year. And Newfoundland looks to be an absolute treasure trove of landscape photography locations. So, yeah, I mean, after, I don't know, six months of putting offers on houses in Nova Scotia, they all fell through because of what, you know, all kinds of different reasons. This church popped up, and I'd seen it, and I knew it was going to be a total nightmare, I just didn't know how much of a nightmare it was going to be because there was no running water, there was no no sewage, not nothing. It was just a giant hall with some really nice woodwork, and that was it. So <laughs> I, I looked at it and I thought, nah, that's too big of a project. I can't be doing with it. So I, I just kind of put that to the bottom of my list, but something just kept me coming back and looking at it. And I just kept, you know, staring at these pictures and thinking of what could be, you know. Yeah. And I think I, I think I procrastinated for three months, and then they dropped the price a little bit. And then I thought, do you know what? I'm going. I'm just going to put a low ball offer in, and they rejected that. But then I came back with a second offer, and they accepted that, and that was it. I was buying a church. <laughs> <laughs> And, and rest, for those of you who want to see the adventure continue, check out Hardcastle Towers on YouTube, your yeah. new channel that's dedicated to you uh, renovating uh, your your new home. You know what's ridiculous about that channel? Um, even though I've only got something like five or six videos on that channel, that took off about five times quicker than Photo Tripper did, which is <laughs> isn't that amazing. It's kind of annoying because Photo Tripper is, you know, that's my passion in life. And, yes. and the effort that I've put in to, to that channel, you know, you might you might not think so, but a lot of those videos are so convoluted and require so much planning and editing. And then I just launched Hardcastle Towers, and it's literally me with just a handheld camera just recording what happens that day 
And it gets way more interest in terms of the amount of subscribers that actually watch the videos all the way through and the comments as well. Even even though it's I think it's it's only something like uh, 26,000 subscribers, but I've only put a few videos out. So so every time I put out a Hardcastle Towers episode, it gets way more more interest. There's a much stronger ratio of people that follow me that watch that than compared to Photo Tripper, which is, that's my baby, right? So it's, well, it's all those people that bought houses during the crazy time <laughs> that are your audience now. Well, I think it's just, you know, I mean, landscape photography is a small niche, right? Whereas almost every human being has to deal with some kind of housing, renovation, DIY you know, situation in their life. So it's just a bigger audience of people that can relate to what you're going through and, and laugh at your mistakes and your silliness um, along the way. So, I mean, I, I've got a year's worth of material that I've filmed. I've only, I've only posted a few episodes, but I've filmed everything, you know, and it, it and the problem is <laughs> I just haven't got the time to edit the videos because I'm doing the work, you know? So but I'm I, again, you know. Once we get in there, and the and the pressure eases off, then not only will I start posting more photo tripper videos, but the Hardcastle Towers videos will will finally catch up. Because uh, I think I get more requests for that than anything else. You know, people email me saying, "What's happening with your church?" You know, we we need an update. Nobody emails me and says, "Where are you photographing next?" We need an update. So, you know, clearly I've picked the wrong niche. <laughs> well, you started off as an amazing photographer, and then you ended up Canada's Bob Vila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with no, with absolutely no clue what I'm doing. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's 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 going to be great when it's done. But man, I can't wait for it to be done. Oh man, I hear you. Well, let's officially start the podcast. I am speaking to none other than Gavin Hardcastle, the photo tripper himself. Uh, you can find him on youtube uh by just doing a simple search for photo tripper that's an f-o-t-o instead of a ph welcome you well welcoming you back uh the last time we spoke to you was on your uh wildly successful f4 road trip with uh with you and uh the crew so i i gotta i gotta put things in order here you have uh traveled all the way to uh nova scotia Let's talk about the the landscape experience there. How, how are you liking the the, the scenery? Um, is it very close to what you had in England? I, I, I figured that up there, it's it's very close to at least uh, uh, landscape wise to locations that you've shot in England. Is it kind of a sense of home for you? <laughs> no, not not really. It's still quite an alien environment to me. Is it quite honest? Yeah, it's it, it. You know, in terms of what it looks like, it it kind of. If I only just really recently discovered this because I was watching some video and it showed some footage of Finland, and it from the air from a drone, it looks exactly like Finland. It's mostly flat, flattish, which is you know a struggle for me because being from Yorkshire, it, it's very hilly where I come from. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's kind of like if, if you took the mountains away from Vancouver Island and all that you were left with was a few hills, you know, lots of lakes, lots of coastline, 
then then that's about as, as as far as the similarity gets but but even then it's it's different again it's far more uh, rugged it's far more um i don't want to say hostile environment but the yeah. win- the, the winters are extremely um harsh it's it's a harsher environment than the west coast the pacific northwest is or historically has been much, much softer than this. This is kind of brutal. Like I, I've had a few days out shooting that were just some of the hardest that I've ever experienced in terms of conditions, you know, with the cold, the wind, yeah, the snow and the ice. <clears throat> but of course, th- those are the conditions that I love the most because that's when you get the best photo opportunities. But I mean, it's, it's a, an, another thing that's kind of an annoying is, is I get a lot of comments on my videos saying, Go back to Vancouver Island. It, it it was prettier there. There was there was more things to shoot, and the the truth is, I haven't even scratched the surface yet of what, what Nova Scotia has. It's just that again, back to this whole house renovation. It the, I've been so preoccupied that it's kept me from having those opportunities to go out and and shoot all of these amazing locations, uh, and and also <clears throat> one of the things that a lot of people just do not. Uh, uh, comprehend when it comes to the youtube videos and this is mainly because i don't show this to people is just how many failed shoots there are because the light is bad or like i'll give you an example the other day i went to this uh this beach that is it's full of um what look like crystals and, and weird rock formations and i found this absolutely bizarre rock formation that i can't even describe it it looks like something from an alien planet, and it's and it's made out of this like orangey pink uh, crystal. It's 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 actually gypsum. These are gypsum cliffs. You know the stuff that's in drywall. Yes. Um, but in its in its cliff form on the coast, it looks like these crystals. So it's just this weird, amazingly photogenic rock. And I found this one particular one that was just superb, and. Um, <clears throat> I thought, right, okay. So I did a little recce mission. I thought I'll come back for sunset to try and capture, you know, some nice light with this beautiful rock in my foreground. Because I, I, I know if I can get nice light with a with a subject like that, it's a killer shot without any doubt. Right. Uh, but but you know, I, I spend all day. I, I go back and I, I go back and it's under four feet of water, you know, because of the tide. So so <laughs> these are the things that <clears throat> it seems like a silly small thing. But so much of, of what I do uh, amounts to nothing, no matter how hard you work. And even sometimes when you plan, you think you've planned right. And some some natural phenomenon happens and, you know, this rock that you loved so much is now underwater. Or, or the light is just, you know, it's so bad that you, you don't get a shot. So people don't see the, the – the, I mean, they say, oh, we'd like to see your failures – but a lot of the time they're just they're kind of boring and and I spend so many days of the year traveling, shooting, waiting, recording everything. Like I'll record an entire day and people will never get to see it because I failed. You know, I failed to get a good shot or it was just poor planning or, or for whatever reason. Um a, a lot of them end up in the trash. And and so when people sort of complain that Oh, you you need to go back to Vancouver Island. It's like, well, g- give it a chance because you haven't really even seen what what I could potentially get out of this this place because the scenery is so dramatic. So it's so different. Like we we have sea stacks here that are just like these 
big spiky fingers rising up out of the ocean, which, you know, I love that kind of stuff. You never had that on, on Vancouver Island, you know? Um, so I would say the stuff that's here is perhaps less colorful, but it's, it's more dramatic. It's more intense. And I just ask people to wait a little bit longer and I'll finally yeah. get around to, to get into it, you know? And you could only show so many failures because in addition to what, what you do on your channel, uh, the, the, the photography, you're also throwing in a lot of comedy skits. And I could imagine that's, uh, always a challenge to come up with something new with, uh, with, with, with a failing video than with, with a successful vi video. I would imagine. Well, you know what it is. Repetition to, to, to really set in. What what it is, Mark, is that the challenge is, <clears throat> if I'm in a bad mood, which I am, if the day has been a complete waste, right? Yeah. If I'm in a bad mood, number one, not only do I not want to film silly skits, but number two, I just don't want to film anything. And and I and I think this is a failing of mine because. Really, if you if you film your bad mood and if you film the disasters of the day, that's what people actually want to see, right? But I just don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> film that. Like I'm not having a fun time. Like I remember when when me and Uncle Grumpy went to uh, Scotland last. Um, we'd finished our trip. We'd had a great trip. <clears throat> we got to the airport. We were, I think we were on the same flight. We line up to to check in. And like an idiot, I've left my PR card, my permanent resident card for Canada. I've left it in the photocopier at home because at that oh. time I was applying for Canadian citizenship and yeah. you have to send copies of things. And I just forgot to take it out. So I'd left my PR card in the, in the photocopier at home, gone to England, had, had my holiday. And then just as I'm in the lineup to get back on the flight, realize Oh shit, I've left it at home. And they would not let me on that flight. Damn. And, yeah. And so my like I, my world started collapsing around me because Canada is where my life is. <clears throat> I've got my relationship there. I've got my cats there, which are currently being uh, you know taken care of by the cat sitter who's expecting me back tomorrow. Sorry, you're not coming home. Total disaster. Now <clears throat> If I was a real professional, I would have filmed all that, right? Because <laughs> that's what people want to see. They want to see the absolute drama and disaster of your day, of your life collapsing all around you, right? But I don't feel like filming that. And that's that's the difference between when you film yourself and you are you are the cameraman for everything as opposed to when you have a crew who just the cameras are always rolling no matter what. Right. Well, in hindsight, though, I mean, hindsight being 2020, yes, you, you resolved everything and it would have been nice to to video that. At the time, you were really in a tough position. So your your mind was needed to focus somewhere else. So I would give yourself a little bit of slack there because, I mean, you, you had to get back into Canada. You had to figure out how to do that, to have uh a, a camera oh i suppose adam could have uh uh videoed it but he was probably on the plane <laughs> yeah well and he's he's like me in that regard you know like if if the shit hits the fan 
he doesn't want to film stuff either. Nobody, yeah. nobody that I, who does this really wants that. You know, it's just you, you're not, you're now living in the moment, trying to figure out what the hell you're going to do. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the the best entertainers though, they they put the entertainment as the top priority, and they they see that as an opportunity. You know, that's why I should you know I should have been like, oh right, oh this is this is terrible, but. Let me just film this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I just, I can't, I, I get caught up in the moment and I'm a normal person who just lives their life and I've got to figure out how I'm getting home. Anyway, I finally got home, but it was a bit of a nightmare. I was going to say is uh, just a little bit more paperwork involved or. Yeah. Well, you know what I got said you know, the cat sitter that I mentioned. Yeah. I, I got saved by her because I, I, once I'd realized where it was, I just texted her and said, uh, I really need a favor. Can you look in the photocopier, pick out my PR card, take it to the FedEx office, send it, you know, via FedEx, via the most expensive registered, you know, uh, mail to my mother's house in Scotland. And that, and that's what she did. So that took about a week. And, uh, and then I was able to, to fly again, but of course, you know, at great expense, because, you know, you've got to rent a car again for another week. You've, you've got to, buy your flights again and oh just, it could have been way worse you know i could have been forced to line up on the streets of london at the passport office trying to prove who i was and all that kind of stuff yeah so i got off lightly but but you know i was forced to spend a, another week there which i mean it turned out all right because me and me and thomas heaton got together and did some some videos so that was all right but you know when when you think you're going home and you're not it's a stressful stressful thing I could only imagine <laughs> from that extra week there, you did get some good footage and, and some good video. Oh yeah. Yeah. It turned out all right in the end. You know, if, if you could always know how things are going to turn out when you go through a bad experience, it would be easy, wouldn't it? But you just don't, you know, at the time it's, you're just thinking, how the hell am I going to get home? And, you know, you're worried about your, your cats and, oh, you know, Amanda was expecting me back and, Oh, I'm going to be another week at least. I'll, I'll let you know when I'm coming back. So she was all worried. So, but yeah, it's it's not the worst thing that's ever happened to me. But I, I could have done without that. With uh, your success with Photo Tripper, you had the opportunity to try out some new Fujifilm gear, uh, or at the time, uh, new gear. When you were experiencing your issues with the the, the Sony gear that you normally use. Fujifilm lent you some medium format cameras. I wanted to touch on that real quick, just to make it official for this channel. <laughs> um, what was your experience like using the, the the GFX system? How how did you like the medium format style uh, and and technology compared to what you normally get with your full frame system? Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Um... I re I really enjoyed that camera, and I, and I almost convinced Fujifilm to give me like a permanent slash long term loaner. I almost convinced them, and uh, and they said, "Yeah, okay, we'll we'll do it," and uh, and then they, they went quiet for a while, and then didn't respond to any of my emails, and then after about four or five months of me pestering them by email said, yeah, we thought about it and we've, we've changed our mind. We're not going to send you a, a long-term loaner. Sorry about that. So uh, I was quite, I was, I was a bit upset, but you know, I mean, who, who gets freebies? They, they assured me that nobody gets 
freebies. So, but I, I tried to, you know, convince them. Well, it's not it's not a freebie if you just you know lend it me for a long time. You know, until the next new camera cut comes out, and then you, I'll send it you back, and then you send me that. But anyway, <laughs> I, I kind of talked them into it, but then they 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 backpedaled, which was a bit upsetting. But um, for the short time that I had it. Uh, it, yeah, I loved it. It was it was just fantastic. Um, the image quality was superb. I, I liked the ease of use. See that when it comes down to cameras, for me, there's just really two main factors. There's there's the ease of use. You know, like how <clears throat> how pleasurable is this gadget to use? Can I yes. can I get around the dials comfortably and and efficiently and quickly? You know, when I'm out in the freezing cold and I'm you know. I'm physically very uncomfortable and I need to get a rush on and get this thing done before, you know, a wave takes me out or something like that. You need to be able to get the job done. So, so ease of use and functionality, all that kind of stuff, uh, really as important as the end result, which is the image quality. And, and that camera has just stunning image quality. So I, I really liked that balance between um, you know the, the ease of use and the image quality, and and there's no such thing as the perfect camera, uh, which I, I mean, camera conspiracies has been trying to find it for years, and he still hasn't found it. <laughs> so you know, with such a beautiful large system, you know they're big, they're heavy. So hiking with those those cameras is is not is not pleasurable, but. They're not that much bigger than your average sort of full frame mirrorless, but yeah, I, I, I loved it. I didn't want to give that camera back. Um, I, I felt a little bit like the, limited by the lens choices that that they had at the time, and I, that was a couple of years ago. I don't know if they've got some new lenses now. Um, they so have they, a few. Uh, I don't know any that would make a huge impact on landscape photography. I know that they are still developing their tilt shift lens, which I'm sure your, your, your friend Brent would uh, really, really enjoy. Oh yeah. Panoramic. He, he would love that. He, he would just be gushing over that. <laughs> and it would be so cool if I got to use it before he did. Oh my God. That would be a video. <laughs> <laughs> that would, he would be so pissed off. Oh, we could have lots of shenanigans over that. I would I would love to see that. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll I'll make a few full ghosts of Fuji just to make sure it happens. Oh yeah, if we could really drag that out as well, I could really torture him over that. So this when so when is that coming out? Do you know? No, the, I I I don't recall the seeing it on the roadmap, um, uh, like date wise. Um, I just don't remember. Uh, I think it's supposed to be in development and maybe coming out next year. Yeah. Uh, but I'm probably wrong on that. I'm probably getting a ton of emails right now uh, <laughs> telling me otherwise. Uh, They're not in a rush, are they, these these camera manufacturers? They're never in a rush. Well, Fujifilm has been going through some uh, supply chain issues. Uh, yeah. They've, uh, as of this recording, uh, they they've pretty much discontinued all old cameras uh any, anything that is not the new like the 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 new stuff they announced last year is now 
discontinued, except for the X100, which can't stay on the shelf because of TikTok. But yeah, they, they I, I think parts are at a premium and they're getting ready for all new stuff. Yeah, so I I don't know. I I if they did bring out that tilt shift, you know, maybe I could be tempted back to Fujifilm, but you know, I mean this is probably sacrilege to say on this on this podcast, um but when it comes to the image quality of the Sony A7R4 that is really my main landscape photography camera, it's it's superb. You know, I I'm not I'm not left wanting for anything with that with that camera system and and i've kind of i kind of miss complaining about the terrible batteries because uh, that was one of my favorite favorite video gripes um but they, they fixed that problem so but but yeah i mean the sony stuff it's it it's it does not like extremely humid and cold weather conditions like i've had a few strange issues with that with that camera and that that was just before i i borrowed that that Fuji film, and it was really nice to have something that was. It seemed very robust. I yeah. didn't really test it in extreme circumstances, but it did seem quite robust, a bit more robust than the Sony stuff. But the truth is, these days, um, once you get up to sort of like the prosumer level of camera, I think there's not a huge difference between image quality output with a lot of these high end cameras now you know whether whether it's the the sony a7r4 or a7r5 they're on now or whether it's the the fuji film or whether it's some of the the high-end canon images they, they all produce really superb images you know the the nikon yeah. Z, z8 are they on now i can't remember um so it, i think it all just comes down to lenses and ease of use and those ergonomics and, and just which system you prefer the feel of but one thing that i think is unique about the fuji medium format and i've only that's the only fuji film camera i've ever used uh i don't know what the 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 smaller ones are like but what i loved about that camera was the different aspect ratios that you could set while yes. you were composing your shot like that 65 to 24 Oh my god! Every time you frame up something in that that little sliver of a window, everything just looks fantastic. Totally, it, <laughs> it, I I wish that uh, my uh, X series camera did the same. Uh, the the XT five and the XH series they are up to forty megapixels, so you could probably get away with a, a good panoramic shot, especially if you do like the the sensor shift photography and yeah i i don't really understand why all these other camera manufacturers just don't have these these previewable aspect rates it seems it seems like a small function really but yeah, it sets fuji it sets fuji film apart and you know whether it's a square or whether it's that 65 to 24 i mean often when i'm shooting with brent even though he, he he's pano obsessed a lot of the time, you you walk up to his camera and he's got it set to a square, you know, and it just looks fantastic on the back of the camera. Why these other manufacturers don't do that, I, I don't know. I'm, it's probably only only a matter of time until they do. I mean, yeah, it, it's if you have enough photographers asking for it, then I'm sure that's something that they'll incorporate. 
Um, I know Fujifilm has been really strong uh, in in trying to get uh, pro photographer opinions, and I could only assume that Fuji, uh, not Fuji, uh, Sony and Nikon and Canon are doing the same. Yeah, well, they, if they are, they're not getting in touch with me. It's, <laughs> it's, it's funny, you know. There's only there's only a few. The only camera manufacturers that have got in touch with me are, are the the sort of I, I would say the more high end boutique, <clears throat> very expensive brands that you perhaps normally wouldn't expect to be reaching out to sort of low level YouTubers. But when it comes to the sort of more um, mass mass con- mass consumer i don't know if that's the right word but the more sort of hugely consumed brands like canon sony nikon they they those guys don't seem to even know i exist I, i've never once had anyone from those companies reach out it's it's only the the smaller companies that have that have re- reached out and, and i kind of like that it makes you feel a little bit a little bit special mm-hmm <laughs> What other cam? Uh, ca- are you allowed to say what other? Uh- uh, no, well, so, so I, I was I was wondering if I should tell you about this, but anyway, I'll, I'll just hint at this. Right so on. So there's another medium format uh, company, camera company that has reached out to me recently. A very expensive, uh, a historically expensive brand, and what they would like me to um, compare their camera to the the Fujifilm GFX 100s. So if that deal comes to fruition, then I'll be I'll be renting the GFX 100s and uh, doing a comparison. But I'm not going to say who it is because th- these things you spend weeks in negotiations with these things, yeah, only for them to just fall apart at the very last minute and they never happen. So you know it's it's pre- it, you know it's looking like it's going to happen, but it, it it might not. So I'm not going to you know mention who it is but as soon as. I know for a fact that it's going through, then I'll I'll mention who it is. And uh, I think a lot of people will be interested in seeing that video, that comparison. I would love to see that. I don't think I've ever seen a video with somebody doing a head-to-head between the two. Yeah, uh, and the thing is that, you know, like if you, if you look at uh, Jordan and Chris that were part of the camera store and, and DP review, and now I think they're with F-stoppers, is it? Petapixel. Petapixel, that's right. Um, th- those guys do a brilliant job of just showing you every spec, you know, all of the specs, delving into the features of the camera and how it how it's different to the generation before it. My my comparison video would end up being nothing like that. It would be more kind of okay. I'm here up this mountain, and I'm going to try and get a serious shot, you know, rather than sort of just going to somewhere local and just doing some quick test shots. It's all about that, putting in that huge effort to try and get a top world-class shot out of these, these uh, beautiful pieces of equipment and then just see what, what both of them can produce. I'm sure they'd both be fantastic, but it'd be interesting to see what those small differences are, you know, that, that would set one brand above another or, or just set them apart in some way. So, I'm hoping it happens, uh, but I probably won't know for a couple of weeks. While the DP review, now Petapixel review, uh, is informative, I would lean towards what you do as more informative from my point of view, because they're they're testing everything on a technical level, 
and you're trying to create an exposure that's going to be marketable to 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 be be sellable and you're putting it through real world experience and i would imagine that your point of view your 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 need to to get your exposure correctly would be more valuable in my eyes uh that i i, I really hope this comes through because that would be uh, some great real world experience to to see them in action. Oh yeah, and I hope it happens too because I I just love playing with really expensive, beautiful camera gear. You know, <laughs> I, I love playing with it, but I, you know what I don't love is I don't love carrying it around because of course I'll have to film all this, which means I'll have to carry around all my Sony gear plus these two medium format cameras and their lenses. But you know I do have a very beautiful wife who does have a, a backpack. And so maybe, <laughs> maybe she'll be able to help me out with that. There you go. And she has her own camera system that she lent you recently. <laughs> yeah, which blows all of these out of the water. So you know. <laughs> that is awesome. I, I, I can't wait to see it. And I can't wait to see what else you come up with uh, as far as like locations. Now that you're in a, a, a brand new setting with, with being in a new setting and you also have your uh camper van uh camper truck uh yeah. i mean you're you're nova scotia i mean your your drivability for for great i would imagine it's uh you're, you're like three hours away from like a, a lot of cool places to 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 photograph whether it's coastal whether it's mountain waterfall or or or, or floral i mean well we got we've got probably more waterfalls here than I had on Vancouver Island. And I think probably quite a lot so? of them. Yeah. Yeah. Thousands. And I think probably quite a lot of them are even prettier. The only problem is, <clears throat> so this is one thing that I'm, I'm adjusting to is that really th what people call spring here, should just be called ugly season. So, <laughs> you know, you've got, I think you've got summer, which basically looks like spring on the west coast of Canada. Yep. We don't really get that till till late June, July. So you've got this we're in ugly season right now. So for me here, it seems that summer is really pretty, autumn is spectacular, and yeah. then periodically through through winter when the conditions are just right, then you also get spectacular conditions there too. But but in that spring season, it's kind of a no man's land in, in terms of you know how ugly things are because you, you, I could go and photograph a, a stunning waterfall that's going to look really good in eight weeks, but right now it's it's brown and the, the it, and twiggy. There's no leaves. It, it's kind of ugly. So I'm looking forward to when things green up a little bit. And then it's just waterfalls galore. But the one thing that looks good all year round here is the coastal stuff, the sea stacks, the weird yeah. rock formations, you know. So that's that's where I'm gonna try and get to next. The only the only thing that that makes it challenging is the tides. So some of the best stuff that we've got is in the Bay of Fundy, which is kind of like in between New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. And that has, I think it's it's the fastest. Of our deepest tide change in in the world, so you you can have fifty five foot tide in just a few hours, uh, and, it, and that makes it extremely dangerous. So if you don't pay attention, if you if you hike out to a sea stack, 
you could be getting the best pictures of your life, but unless you're an Olympic swimmer, you're not getting back. So <clears throat> timing all of that with the good weather as well, so that you know not only are you not going to die going there, but you also might get good light. T getting all that to work is is tricky, especially when you're also you know building a, a house at the same time, <laughs> and and you're trying to time everything. So again, back to that whole thing. Like once we once we get in there and the pressure eases off, it's going to give me so many more opportunities to 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 harness those rare moments when all of the conditions line up perfectly. Like I've got so many. I've got this long list of locations with a description of what type of shot I plan to get there and what kind of conditions I need. And so when those conditions align, I know exactly where I need to be. It's just it's just waiting for those conditions and then having the time to go there. Like everybody, like every landscape photographer, we all have to do this. Well, you know, whether you're a you know you've got young kids and you've got to be there for your kids or whether you've got a career that kind of ties you down a bit. We all have that thing where we can't just go where we want to be always at that perfect time right everything has to align up and uh, and and that's what i'm waiting for but the list is long I, i've just i've just got out <laughs> of the time to get there and then <clears throat> as i mentioned before newfoundland there's a photographer that i follow on instagram called god follett i think that's how you pronounce his last name and he recently posted these images in fact he was messaging me saying we've got icebergs you should get up here. And it's the same response. I'd love to, but I've got to paint this ceiling instead, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> but he has this, this, these pictures of this, what looks to be a giant iceberg. So, so Newfoundland is famous for the icebergs that float down and skirt the coastline. Right. Yeah. So usually you'll see these beautiful shots of colorful buildings on a, on a cliff. And then in the background, there's a big giant, iceberg floating past right those are the sort of typical shots but god follett he got this shot of this giant iceberg trapped in a cove it's and it's smashing up against these cliffs in this cove and it looks like someone's got a, a giant sink and they're just messing around with this sink just just sloshing around whatever's in this sink and what's in this sink is a giant iceberg and not only would that be epic enough but no the sun is rising just behind it and backlighting and side lighting it so you've got light rays you've got waves crashing up against this iceberg oh my god oh my god it's just like if you if you if someone said okay you can shoot anything you want what do you want well i want that that's what, that's what I want, and and I'm I'm afraid I'm almost afraid to go to Newfoundland because I suspect when I go there I'm going to probably want to move. <laughs> you know? There'll be another church. <laughs> no, I'm done with that. No, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> this is a one-time deal. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean the the scenery up there. I, you know, again, I did my research. The list that I have for locations in Newfoundland is vast and they're all really dramatic and intense and craggy and moody. And, I, and that's the kind of photography that I love. So we're going to try and get there this year. I don't know when, but we're, we're going to try and get there. And, and maybe even a winter trip might be realistic. But the, the problem with living in this colder climate is that the camper, we can still use it, but we have to winterize it, right? We can't use any of the plumbing. Yeah. And and so then, you know, 
do I really want to be driving around in a in a, a very tippy, heavy wagon in s- snowy, icy, steep hills? Not really. <laughs> um, so maybe if we do go there in the winter, maybe we just you know do what most people do and then just go and hotel it and just drive around. The only downside with that is you you've got much more driving time to get to your locations, but. Yeah, look up God Follett on Instagram or whatever. Maybe he's on other platforms, but that's where I follow him. And these recent pictures that he's had of the icebergs, oh, my God, I'm so jealous. I'll have to check him out. Yeah. What does he use for camera gear? I might have to get him on the show, too. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, actually. Um, I I honestly don't know, but, yeah, it's worth asking. How do you determine, like, do do you do any kind of scripting ahead of time or or – when you arrive at a location, does that kind of determine what kind of uh, jokes you're going to throw into the uh, I- I- into the videos? It's a mixture of both, Mark. It's it's a combination, and I would say mostly it's all improv, yep. with with the occasional uh, scripted scene that is either dropped in afterwards to to reinforce the story or. Maybe I even begin with that, you know, maybe, maybe I have an idea and then I film an intro of a funny scene and then that sets up the rest of the video, which is all just, you know, a vlog that's natural and improvised. So it's, it's funny. Some of the funniest moments are as a result of a natural conversation. So let's say there's, me and the wife and we've got brent we've got brent in the camper <clears throat> and we're just having a conversation and, and brent might say something and i'll say that's hilarious let's do that again and i'll just hit record and then brent will just say that thing again and then i'll respond and and what we'll do is we'll record an entire conversation with the behind the scenes bits where i'll say no no it'd be funnier if you said this and then I'll, I'll, you know, then he'll say that. And he might even say, oh, you, you know what you should say? This is what you should respond with. And so you've got this, this kind of conversation behind a conversation. I film the entire thing and then I just cut out the behind conversation so that you don't see us discussing what the next line is going to be. You just yeah. see the line, right? <laughs> and, and those always have much more of a natural flow. And they're they're more hilarious because we we find it funnier at the time because it's the first time we're experiencing it, and and the, and those are so easy to film because you're just having a conversation. Oh, that was funny what you just said. Hit record, do it again, and and it, and you're still in that moment, right? The moment hasn't gone. Whereas when you when you script something, there's usually a lot more setup, a lot more preparation, and. Um, you know, it, it's, and it's harder to edit as well, you know? Yeah. So, but, but sometimes it, they're absolutely essential for the story. So like, if you remember from a few years ago, when uh, I think it was the first episode where you saw Amanda, we're, we're up a mountain and uh, she, she's wheedled her way into my tent. And yes. that whole tent scene was filmed a week later in our <laughs> spare bedroom. You know, we had to get the lights just right. There's too much room echo, so we had to get duvets and and put those over the tent to try and dampen the sound so that there was less echo on the voices. I had to put the sound effects of frogs in the background. That whole 
<clears throat> that whole two-minute scene took an entire day to film and then edit. You know, <laughs> so so yeah, it's a it, it's a mixture of, of all different kinds of formats, but but I much prefer the sort of spontaneous, quick and easy uh, banter and shenanigans that just just naturally happens on scene when you get a bunch of friends together and you're just being silly. You know, that's I spend a lot of my time just just being silly, and then <laughs> I, the only difference is with with me and many other people who do that is I just record it all, and then. I think the the skill comes in, in the editing. It's it's in the it's in the pace. It's it's how quickly yes. you 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 know that there are times when you have to have an awkward silence and a pause in order to make something funnier. And these days, I've got a lot better at getting it just right at the time of shooting. But there have been times where <clears throat> you know you just needed half a second longer, right? And yep. so with, with editing, it's easy to just kind of cut that half a second and prolong it, stretch it out, make it last that little bit longer. And it's, it's amazing how one, you know, a half of a second can make something seem Agreed. that funny. Yes. You know, so, and, and I absolutely love putting those scenes together. I, when it comes to the comedy and the banter and the, the silliness, I get just as much enjoyment putting that together as I, as I do creating an absolute killer shot. The only difference is it's much easier to, to put together those silly videos than it is to get a killer shot. Because as you know, how many times have you hiked up a hill, waited for hours, the light doesn't perform, you know? And, and so it's, yeah, I mean, usually I'll try and uh, if things are going good and there's no, there's no complete disasters, I'll still record the whole day as if it's going to be a success, right? Yeah. I'll get up to the mountain, I'll wait, and perhaps the light doesn't doesn't cooperate, <clears throat> but I'll still get a video out of that. But but there are those days like I, like we just did a couple of days ago where it's a complete bust and it and it's not even um I don't know, it's just it's just not good enough to to justify me spending two days of my life putting this together in a story it, it's it's too disappointing for me to work on right yeah so the, those are, they end up getting trashed and and like i said earlier that there's so many more of those than people would believe i just don't i just don't show it to you because i'm the one who has to go through the, the miserable experience of editing something that i know doesn't end well you know yep. so whereas i know people will enjoy a video where maybe I didn't get a killer shot that day, but there was a story, there was a journey that I took them along with and there were ups and downs and there were shenanigans. You, you kind of know halfway through the day, are people going to enjoy this or not? You know, And, and so that kind of determines whether or not I'm going to take the time to spend editing it and putting it together. Amanda started off as, quote unquote, your stalker. Yeah. <laughs> whose idea was that to to incorporate uh to 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 do that 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 seems kind of a odd way to introduce i don't know if she was your girlfriend at the time uh like how yeah she yeah she was um i can't remember but i'm i'm gonna say it probably was my idea because the thing about me is i, I don't i don't like doing things 
the normal and cheesy way. I'd, I'll never be one of those YouTubers who says, today I'd like to introduce you to my girlfriend. I'm in a relationship <laughs> now. You, you know, to me, totally that's a missed, with you there. it's a missed opportunity. It's lame. It's not memorable. And um, so I, you know, once we knew that we were like a solid item and, th- and things were really good, that was, it was kind of like, well, we know that, you're going to be in my videos from now on because you're part of my life. So what's a what's a cool and interesting and funny way that we can perhaps get a lot of mileage out of to try and introduce you into this? And and she she's pretty good at playing. She, you know she's she's a bit odd. Is my is my wife? She's a strange lady. <laughs> I, that's why I love her. Right? She's she's odd. And um, so we we kind of just just sort of naturally brought in her oddness which which came out really well when she was she was playing the stalker and we we dragged it out for six months or more and everybody knew you know everyone knows she's not really a stalker you know, yeah you guys are an item but and we know that everybody knows but it's still funny anyway you know it's still <laughs> it's still fun just to just to play with it and 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 we were actually talking about this the other day, saying, oh, you remember when you were the stalker and you were just really weird? She's like, yeah, we should bring that back. I should start being the, the psycho wife and uh, just be really weird. So, <laughs> you know, again, I, 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 know I, I know I've harped on about this a little bit too much during this entire conversation, but th- this is the sort of thing that we used to do before we became full-time uh, general contractors of our own building. <laughs> We used to go to bed at night and we'd spend like an hour just talking about ideas about, oh, you know what would be funny is if we did this. And, if we, and I, you know, and I'd have a document ready to, to put down the best ideas. And so I've got all of these ideas. It, it's just, um, it's just executing them, you know, and getting them, to, getting them set up. There's, there's lots of setup work and lots of preparation that you need for every little funny idea that you've got whether it's a prop like that little pink camera or whatever, you know, there's always something that you need to prep, something that you need to plan. You don't necessarily have to have a script, but you have to kind of have an idea of where you're going to be going with this. And and all of that takes t- time and takes energy. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get my time and energy back soon. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's so cool to see everybody, just dial it up to 11 on your channel. Like, uh, I mean, Amanda, she just, you know, cranks up that, that, that silliness, the, the, and is just comedy gold, especially, I mean, this wasn't on the photo tripper channel, but the septic system. Yeah, she was a trooper. She was a real trooper for doing that. I mean, and and you know, like when I wrote that script, that was sort of semi-scripted. It it could have gone either way. Like I was totally willing to have my face covered in feces, um, <laughs> but it ended up being funnier if she did it. Right? You know, it's just it's just more funny that that she gets covered in in sewage, and she know, just and- sells it so perfectly. <laughs> I mean, you paid people. Paid actors don't have that kind of uh, authenticity that she does. Yeah. Well, I think she was she was just being real, right? She she uh, she was suffering there, so it came through quite <laughs> well. 
You know, I mean, it, it honestly, it was purely an artistic decision that I wasn't the one covered in sewage. <laughs> um, in addition to uh, working with Amanda, you did a lot of work with uh, Adam Gibbs, Uncle Grumpy. Uh, with you living on the East Coast, um, is there any plans for you guys to collaborate again? Uh, if I understand correctly, you guys were. Uh, planning on doing um, a, a, a special for Canadian television uh, or, or, or something along that line, something for, for TV or online. No, no, it, it wasn't for TV. It, it, we were just going to do, you know, like we did the F4 road trip with yep. F4. We were going to do something similar to that, but but without the educational component. We were just going to do the, the pure entertainment a show just like a like a 10 episode show really uh, and then we it wasn't going to go on any particular network or anything like that we were just going to promote this ourselves and, and try and sell it right try and sell this this whole project because oh gotcha okay putting something together like that you know would, would have cost a lot of money but you know we just didn't get the interest uh, when you do these things and you put you put this out there you have to have a certain level of interest before you can commit financially to yeah. hiring a couple of camera guys and going off on location and just just spending I don't know thirty or fifty grand, which is peanuts for a project like that, um, on on creating this project. You know, but but that would have been our personal money that we would have had to have cobbled together. And yeah. so so when you when you put it put these things out there, you can kind of gauge from from the level of feedback that you get the amount of people that subscribe to the newsletter for that particular project you kind of gauge what level of interest you've got in order to make it viable as a as a financial investment right and and we looked at the numbers and it just it just wasn't there just wasn't enough we we weren't as famous as we thought we were mark Oh, that's yeah. a lost opportunity. I would have loved to. I would have paid money for that. Yeah, well, I think I think a few people would, but not enough. <laughs> not, <laughs> not enough, enough people. people would. <laughs> I, I would pay money, and and we were both really excited about doing it. And and, and to this day, I, I still would like to do it. But judging from you know the data that we got, the numbers, I, I just don't think. I think if anything, we we'd be lucky to to break even on something like that. And unfortunately, you know, I can't I can't pay for roof tiles on on breaking even. You know, agreed. So, you, you, yeah. you have uh, a lot pressing, well, a lot bigger pressing matters to uh, tend to. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm I'm not against the idea. I, I wish we could do it. I, I'm going to assume that Grumpton feels the same because I, I hardly ever speak to him these days. Uh, Grumpton is busy flying all over the world, looking at amazing locations and, and shooting all kinds of things that I, I barely get responses from him. So he's very, very busy. Um, I don't know if he's got time for a, a you know, a small operator like me, you know, he's, he's maybe he is as famous as I, as I thought. And I'm, and I'm just not that big of a deal. I, I don't know, but, um, yeah, you should talk to Grumpton about it. I think, Anybody who's listening to this who who has an interest in this project, I think you should you should all just kind of put a little bit of pressure on Grumpton and say, Adam, what's happening with this? Maybe you could 
you could just put out some feelers and see if you could drum up some more more interest and, and maybe we could make it a reality but I, I don't know right now but I, I'm definitely I'm definitely up for it if we can make it work financially I, I, it's something that I would still love to do uh let's see he last time i chatted with him uh he didn't answer my email either so <laughs> yeah that's that's grumpton he's, he's just too busy being a rock star no, 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 I'm, I'm kidding I, I, I actually this time i'm the one who dropped the ball <laughs> i should get in touch with him oh uh, yeah you should yeah and have you had him on this podcast uh i i have i've had um i i mean in addition to to you i've had adam i've had uh thomas i've had i've had brent on brent was a great guest yeah i listened yeah. to that one I, I didn't listen to the others but i listened to brent's <laughs> and uh the only one actually from the from the original f4 crew the one that i didn't have is uh uh nick page well he doesn't shoot fuji film does he so you, you no, that's I, the I mean, qualifier yeah it's you know maybe he's touched the camera at some point that re really it's a loose uh loose way to you know get in uh i'm very flexible with it well i guess you gotta be really because there's not that there's not a whole lot of fujifilm landscape photographers out there compared to all the other brands right so you don't want to just sort of limit yourself but i mean it does this podcast i, I mean you're not really just about landscape photography though i i guess you just no. i'm all we're, we're all about all kinds of photography i've had wedding photographers i've had uh photojournalists i've had um it, it, the only thing that, that that i care about is that you you, you shoot with a camera and, and you're passionate about it uh, i've had uh movie directors and and, and producers um you know it's it, it it's very wide. I mean, our cameras nowadays can do video photos, um, you know, film photographers. I'll, I'll welcome them with open arms. It's uh, I, I just, I, I just love a good story. Uh, I, I love hearing everybody's origin stories. I love hearing everybody's way of doing things like, you know, the, your, your passion for landscape photography and your, your drive to make great comedy. I mean, that's, that's, I think fascinating. And, and you know, I, I love seeing what you come up with uh, as far as both your art in photography, as well as just having a great laugh. And my wife, you know, as I'm watching your stuff, my wife chuckling as you know, you're, you're throwing a fart here and there. And she, she is, she is a big fan as as well as I am. It, it is uh, awesome stuff. Well, I think you know, like when you when you when you look at a lot of uh, landscape photography in particular, <clears throat> it does seem very sort of serious and um, stuffy, you know. And and so I think one thing that I like is not you know not just for my own sake. I, I mean, I do add the the humor just because. I laugh a lot and, I, and I'm a bit silly and, you know, it's just who I am. But, but I do like the fact that when people watch these videos, oft, often it's people that aren't even that into photography and they're, they're people that would definitely be put off by channels that are kind of serious and stuffy. Um, and, and yet they, they get some enjoyment out of it. I, I mean, I get emails all the time from people that are, you know, whether it's, 
somebody who's it's a woman that's emailing me saying, Oh, I'm the photographer. My husband's not really into photography, but he loves watching these videos, you know, or vice versa. You know, there's, there's lots of guys who watch these videos and, Oh, my wife and my eight year old kid can't stand photography, but they love watching these videos. So I like that. I, I like that it's um, it, it's got something there for people that aren't necessarily photography obsessed, because yeah. I think that that's a healthy thing as well. You know, it's 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 catching a wider audience. I don't know whether those people would tune in if they absolutely hated photography, but it is nice to have some. I'm not going to call it family entertainment because <laughs> it's not necessarily family entertainment, but it is nice to, to have that. Yeah, yeah, and. <laughs> and you know, I, there was a, I think it was la- not last year. It was the year before we were in Banff. And um, you might remember this video where there's a little girl at the end and she says, are you Gavin Hardcastle? And I say, yeah, well, it depends. Are you, are you a troll? Oh, no, I'm not a troll. I'm your big, biggest fan. I said, oh, you, you're the biggest fan. So you, you've bought my book then. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm I'm nine. Oh, t- I can't remember how old she was. You know, I don't really have any money right now. Anyway. That was a real situation. So we so we bumped into this family in uh, Banff, and um, <clears throat> this little girl and her dad came up, and um, she says, "Are you are you Gavin Hardcastle?" I said, "Yes." Yeah. Oh, I love your channel. You know, she's she's this little girl, and it, her dad's the photographer. And um, so we we chatted for a bit, you know, and then after a while, I said, "Do you want to be in a video?" And they all said, "Yeah, let's let's be in the video." And so <laughs> we just concocted this silly little skit where you know she's number one fan, and then she, she's she. Uh, how can I summarize this? She quickly realizes that you should never meet your heroes. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that kind of scenario, right? I love these uh, these sort of real life scenarios where th- things aren't great, things aren't aren't all wonderful and don't work out, you know, unicorns and rainbows think things are disappointing and things are a letdown because that's reality. And and that's what makes it funny. Right. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's the kind of stuff that, I, that, that sometimes happens. And I, I do like that about, about what it is that I do. Do you find, so you have non-photographers really enjoying the, the the show do you have uh, on the other side of the spectrum do you have those photographers that want something stuffy like do how do how do traditional photographers react when they see your um videos do you well maybe complain maybe those are my maybe those are my trolls um (laughs) Cause I do get quite a few haters. So the problem is as you, when you first start out on YouTube, <clears throat> nobody knows who you are and, and you grow a small audience, right? The, the smaller you are, the more positive, the feedback. Yeah. But, but as you grow and people perceive you as a big, a big deal or, or they, that even though, you know, I'm not a big deal and, and, especially in comparison to huge YouTubers, but to some people, they might think that you think you're a big deal, right? Yeah. So people just don't, don't like your, I don't know whether they resent your success. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the, the only people that I, I, I know of that, that sort of complain about stuff are really the trolls, you know? So you'll, you'll get the bigger you get, the more hate 
you get and and it's kind of reached a point now where uh, I I, talk, I was talking to Thomas Heaton about this years ago and he was saying yeah I I've kind of reached a point where when it comes to the comments I might read you know the first few comments for the first couple of hours of a video being out because usually those are your strongest supporters and you you have a rapport with these people even though you've never met them but you see the same old names and you 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 see their their typical you get to know what people's sense of humor is like they'll they'll comment in a certain voice they'll they'll have a certain style and and you recognize those over the years cuz they've they've been following you for years so you kind of expect them and you kind of know what tone they're going to use and it's it's kind of like a, some kind of a relationship there it's a feedback relationship but but Tom was saying years ago he was saying you know once once I get past like the first half of a day I, I don't read those comments anymore you know and and I think that's because the sort of fair weather followers or the people that just stumble upon your videos they might not necessarily get you they might not necessarily get your humor and so you get these these negative comments these troll comments or you just get just straight out hatred like this is awful you are awful you know they, they say the nastiest things and i think part of that is because they they they'd maybe do see you as a as a a big deal and probably just assume well this guy's never going to read his comments you know who is this guy you, you know the, there's a certain attitude there but i i read all the comments you know yeah. so if pe people say nasty things i i see that you know, and, and it, it's increasing. But as as my channel grows, the negativity, well, I don't know if it grows in terms of a percentage. It's probably still the same percentage that it's always been. But it only takes, you know, 10 really nasty comments for you to start feeling like, ah, should I even bother reading these comments anymore? And that, that would be a tragedy because for the 95% of positive comments, I enjoy it. I really enjoy that feedback. And and what I love about my audience is they're very witty and sarcastic and humorous and and they take the piss out of me, you know. <laughs> they they give me the gears, you know, and and, and I cherish that. I, I love that sort of banter that I have with them. Yeah. It, it's it's precious to me is that. So I think it would be tragic if <clears throat> if I got to a stage where there was so much toxic hatred in the comment section that i just decided i'm not gonna i'm not gonna read these anymore because you know you hear you hear from podcasters like let's say joe rogan we'll pick joe rogan as a part the, the most popular podcast on the planet i've heard him say that he will never read he never reads the comments anymore because there's just too much hatred and ridiculousness and just complete nonsense that he's given up years ago. He's given up reading those. So it seems like the bigger you get, the more famous you get, the more toxic poison you have to deal with. And um, I, I don't really want to deal with more of that. I kind of like it the way it is now, you know, like I like the the level that I'm at now. Yeah. So, so that, yeah, that's, I don't know how I got on that tangent there, but it's, um, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an interesting phenomenon with, with, success and popularity and especially on youtube as well like uh, sometimes those comments are just 
just atrocious and then yeah. sometimes they're just absolutely brilliant where i'm i'm laughing out loud and sometimes what i really love is i'll get comments from my followers with a way better idea for something funny than i had right and i've actually even had it where you know i think that, that you know that running gag that i use where it's uh, amanda will point to some green stuff on a rock and say what's that Oh, that's lichen. Subscribe, <laughs> and I'll yeah. and I'll drop the whole like and subscribe gag. That was from a that was from a comment. Someone commented, and that's I said, brilliant. "That's brilliant. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna use that." And I've been using it for I don't know two or three years now. And so I do get ideas from people and and from their feedback and their just their wittiness. So, it, like I said, I, I cherish that that um that response and, and and that sharing of ideas. I, I just really hope I never get to the stage where I, I can't face it anymore because there's just so much hatred and nastiness. Um, Agreed. For now, it's pretty good. And I'm happy with the way things are right now. That's awesome. And, and I, man, I, I, your, your videos are always a breath of fresh air, whether you're renovating your brand new house or taking photos wherever you are in Canada. Um, Gavin, it's been awesome having you on the show. Uh, can you tell the world where they can find you on the web? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you just go anywhere and just type in photo tripper with an F F O T O, whether it's YouTube or just go to Google, you'll find my website. You'll find, uh, you find me on Instagram. You can, I'm on Twitter. Now I actually started uh, a Twitter Page. Oh, speaking of happy, lovely places, <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I've heard, I've heard it's pretty, uh, it's pretty tumultuous on there. But I've, I've got to say, in the short time that I've been posting stuff, I've, I've gained a lot more uh, traction and a lot more views on there than somewhere like Flickr, where I've been for uh, thirteen years. So it's, it's kind of encouraging. So yeah, you can find me on there. Uh, you could go to my website phototripper.com with an f and um yeah you could see my my books my online photography courses my my blog posts on locations all, all kinds of stuff for people to look at in addition to the hundreds of videos that i've posted on youtube awesome it's been great having you on the show man i i would love to bring you back if you get a chance to do this uh head-to-head with uh fujifilm medium format and the other mysterious brand that we, <laughs> we, we we're, we're simply just at a guessing stage with um, when you come up with a new book, uh, you know, definitely come back on the show and, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, great having you on man. And uh, I can't wait till next time. Well, if I do manage to get this, uh, this little project to actually happen, we might be meeting up in person and you might actually see what, what's going on there. And I will be there with be... candy bars. Yeah. You're all oh, right. So you know that I, I have certain preferences. Uh, oh no, you can't, you can't now I'm I'm on this keto diet. I don't eat sugar anymore. Uh, me too. Um, and, and oh really? All oh, right. It's uh, <laughs> the, the funny thing is I, I have two, stores near me that are uh uk-based foods so 
I have access uh, to twirl bars and the buttons uh, and all that other good stuff. I had my first uh, iron brew uh, before I went on this diet. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's brutal. It, it's it's basically the diet of no joy and no fun whatsoever having said that i do feel great but I'm, I, it's too early i've only been doing this a week but i am committed to losing some weight because i'm sick of almost asphyxiating every time i hike up a mountain so but yeah if if we can get together <clears throat> you'll end up in a photo tripper episode perhaps you won't be offering me a twirl but i do like steak oh there we go now now we're speaking my language <laughs> right you're on Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope to see you back next week. I wanted to also mention one more time that this is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, head on over to fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And my name is Mark Sadowski. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter, mostly Instagram though. I'm at Mark Sadowski. That's Mark with a C. And you can also check out my other podcast, Xmark. It's a Fujifilm-esque kind of show where it's more spice of life and pretty infrequent. But if you want more of my voice, that's the place to check it out. Thank you for listening and we'll see you soon.